KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday. We are off and running home improvement. Two hours, this is the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby sitting at the uh, switchboard, if you will. I am the phone operator today, connecting questions, answers, topics, favorite materials, processes, all the do-it-yourselfers within Radio Land, as well as the family of X. Good morning. We are off and running. Springtime is upon us. Any doubts? Yeah, we hit 90 degrees this past week, 64 degrees today. The weather gets a little iffy when we have the hot, the cold, the hot, the cold. If you haven't noticed, we live in the center part of the country where the hot, the cold, the hot, cold mix up often, and we wind up with weather like thunderstorms, all those sorts of things. So be careful, be aware, remain uh, vigilant, if you will, as we go through a great uh, holiday weekend, the very, very um, reverent weekend of uh, Easter. So I I wish you all happy Easter, uh, wonderful Passover, all the uh, um, holidays upon us, because it's a time for renewal, if you will. Uh, The trees are uh, thinking about budding out. Uh, The rain is upon us. The temperatures are warming. Our honeydew list is getting longer. We are sequestered. Anyway, we're at home a little bit more than usual, so lots of things to do, see, be happy with, be dissatisfied with. Uh, You know, my list of honeydew um, repairs around the house, which frankly, I'm the honey. I make the lists and I make the repairs. My wife adds to them occasionally, really as a second set of eyes. But maybe you too, like me, are going around the home adjusting doorknobs, adjusting, oh, you know, hinges, lock sets, thresholds, lubricating the garage door. I mean, what are you doing for fun? Well, when you run out of that, what are you doing for honeydews? So we have phone lines wide open for you. I am truly at your service. I sit here at the ready right at your elbow. I have your back. So call me, 314-436-7900, toll free, 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. Rain is upon us this weekend. Warming weathers are upon us, and then back to cool, as you heard from uh, Brian Kelly earlier. So think about the outside of your home. The winter has come, hopefully gone for the most part, but I remind you, we are still in April. March and April are big snowfall months here in the Midwest, so beware. Uh, We're not quite finished. Don't put the ice melt, the snow melt, the snow shovel, um, the broom, the snow blower away just yet. We're sure getting there, but, you know... Sometimes there's more. Uh, Easter's typically that turning time where we turn our thoughts to the lawn, but I ask you that you really get things uh, up to snuff, if you will, around the home. Think of safety, security, and health, because as we go through all of this, we are reminded how important our safety, security, and our health is through this whole pandemic thing with the COVID-19. But, uh, you know, we've had those before. They've come and gone. Some we knew about more than others. This one is front and center in our awareness because it's global and not yet. uh, We're not on top of it. You know, I had kind of a realization today and I'm thinking, you know, is it safe yet? 
You know, there was a Dustin Hoffman movie years ago where uh, uh, something about the Nazis coming. Is it safe yet? Is it safe to come out of? Is it safe yet? And I realized, you know, we're in an election year. When the blame starts going around and the politicking ramps up, I would then offer that the pandemic is probably dropping from frontline importance. We will have this throughout the year of 2020, no doubt. It remains with us. But kind of the chuckle of the day for me was, oh, yeah, when when the politicians start going at it and it was the other guy's mistake, I don't recall hearing anybody saying, this is what I would have done better. This is what I learned. And anyway, so in my uh, life at you know Mosby Building Arts, my day job, we, we exchange those comments uh, routinely because it's through that realization. It's like, you know what? I messed up. I made the wrong call. Here's what I was looking at. Here's what, and here's what I learned lady, later. This is what I would do differently. So anyway, uh, uh, those sorts of things on bringing up, you know, how do you make a better design? How do you build a better mousetrap? All those sorts of things. So anyway, my day job, Mosby Building Arts, are you welcome to give us a call. We are open and operating. Uh, open means we're all open at home, if you will. Uh, phone lines are forwarded people are officing from uh, their homes. Uh, The good news is we remodeled our office in this past year. Kind of, you know, newsflash, justice, home remodeler has the righteous opportunity to be interrupted in their office, displaced and remodeled. So we know what it's like for our clients to go through that. So anyway, we had all the systems up and running for people working at home. We've been doing it for the last four or five months because of other purposes. So we were up and running and ready to go. Our production team uh, has masks and gloves and all the social distancing. We drive differently to and from work because you can't you know, put two or three people in a vehicle, not and maintain so, social distancing. So how we get to and from around and move materials has greatly changed, but it's uh, interesting. So if you'd like a call from or to Mosby Building Arts, we are 314-909-1800, 314-909-1800. Had kind of an interesting interview with Bo Matthews here at KMOX um, a few days ago, and he asked me, well, how you doing? How's business? Can you offer some uh, tips for people repairing their homes, do-it-yourself projects? So bring it on, all of the do-it-yourself projects around the house, anything around appliances. I'm not an appliance repair guy. I'm not plumber, electrician. I'm the guy that knows a little bit about a lot. So I'm a great generalist. Drill me down too deeply outside of what I know, and I start looking for help and referring you back to the phone lines, some of the pros at Mosby. Uh, one of the neat things we have there, uh, and, and this is one of the things I just truly love about Mosby Building Arts, uh, you know, well, surprise, you know, I run the place, so how did it not happen there? We have licensed plumbers. We have licensed electricians. We have a full paint team. Because all of those rumors you hear in the remodeling industry, well, I called the guy and he said he was going to show and he didn't call back and he didn't show up or whatever it is. Well, that's the reality of the industry that I am in. Um, well, the way around that is just put everybody on the same team. So the fullback, the halfback, the left tackle, and the you know strong side guard, all that. Everybody's on the same team. Second baseman's in there with the pitcher. Same with the left. You just get them all in one room. You lock them in and you don't let them out. So that's kind of how Mosby Building Arts is built. All the way through to what my father started in the 1970s, the company fo- founded by my dad, Sam Mosby. 
was he had the same thing was architects were more involved in the larger projects uh, and they were underserving because it was a lot of work for a small project didn't pay a lot of money so they weren't necessarily fully designing a small project well I don't know if you've ever um, done any kind of do-it-yourself home project you'll discover that even on building a doghouse there's a paint and a color selection there's a roof and a color selection there's a siding material a color there there's an opening size so there's a door or window of just how big how big is your dog how big is the door where does it go will it slope how will I drain it does it uh, get installed on a flat so this is just for a doghouse so all of you do-it-yourselfers out there you know exactly what I mean that's why it's important to have everybody together because we can get answers quickly I just go down the hallway now I call them on the phone hey how do you pick a color to go along with this color granite it's kind of a stunning looking granite how do we do that anyway 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 we are all here together University of KMOX my name is Scott Mosby I'm truly at your service we've got some phone lines fired up and ready to go no guests today we're just going to go right through and we're going to answer some questions some from you some to me all those here on KMOX 314-436-7900 800 925 1120. The weather is upon us. Springtime's just around the corner. We are in the middle of the country. And this is KMOX, and I'll be right back. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, welcome back, Home Improvement Center of the United States. Scott Mosby, KMOX, 50,000 watts. We are live and lively. Phone lines, 314-436-7900, let us fire up the phone lines, get Bosco going, and see what's cooking with my friend Dan. Hey, Dan, good Morgan this morning. How are you, my friend? How can I help? Scott, good morning. Happy Easter to you, sir. Thank you. God bless you, too, my friend. Thank you. Hey, got a question for you. Uh, first off, I am not handy at all, okay? Mm-hmm. So my question is this. I have a Sub-Zero refrigerator freezer that has done great, and after 30 years, the freezer has gone out. I guess there's two compressors in there. Yeah. The freezer's out. The refrigerator's still working fine, and it's going to be time to replace. Now, as you know, you know we had uh, – the cat, you know, the front we had it match the cabinets and everything mm-hmm. like that. That needs to come out, and there's going to be a large, a much larger space there. If I replace it with something other than a Sub Zero, if I'm looking at other refrigerator freezers and looking in the fill in that space, mm-hmm. uh, is that something that Mosby does? Is it a large enough job for me to call you and say, "Hey, can you come by and uh, maybe build something to?" Uh, you know, to, to fill that space in. Oh, absolutely. Abs- I mean, frankly, we do handyman work. So how small, how large, our largest projects, about two and a half million. Our smallest project is free. Sometimes we get to do some repairs and, you know, all it is is push- pushing a button on a GFI outlet. You can't charge for that, for heaven's sake. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, but you came out. It's like, yeah, we did, but, you know, won't you think kindly? So, I mean, you know, the lowest price is zero, and the highest price so far is $2.5 million, So, yeah. Yeah, you know, we spent, we spent a good – we spent good money to remodel the, the kitchen uh, a few years back, and I just don't want it to uh, – 
whatever we do, I don't want it to look like an eyesore, and I just would like to have a professional come in and, and whatever refrigerator, freezer we decide to buy, just to uh, come up with some ideas maybe to, to fill that space and so it looks it still looks nice. Yeah, I, I can give you the drill down on that, Dan, you know, both personally and professionally. Uh, by the time you pull out that fridge, and uh, if you were to replace it with a Sub-Zero, you know the price of the Sub-Zero. Yes. But the issue is, is many times that finish panel and all will work again, even if you have to buy new cabinetry finish panels. That or the cost of modifying the cabinets around the refrigerator, you're either going to spend a lot on a refrigerator and limit the work, or you're going to spend a lot less on a refrigerator and expand the cabinetry peripherals. So you're, you're, when it really gets down to the consumer decision, uh, they, co- they both cost about the same. <laughs> yeah, we're looking to expand the the peripherals of the cabinet and you know my wife has some ideas and and uh it's just something that's not it's not something that i'm capable of or willing to take on and i just like a professional to do and i didn't know if that was something that mosby was able to do Oh, absolutely, Dan. And by the way, you know, if you've got FaceTime or Zoom or go to meeting, we can do all this without any of us coming to your home. But you just have to kind of hold your camera around and move around. Now, here it is. Now, how wide is it? Because, you know, most of our designers know what the models are uh, for the sub-zeros now and then. Uh, the, their appliances are pretty cool there i have a hard time going to an appliance store and keeping my hormones in check frankly (laughs) i'm a gadget guy you know it's like oh boy you know another remote control so anyway but you bet the it's a lot of fun um doing those vignette projects where you're you know eight feet of cabinet with a fridge in it and you know oh by the way you can put a wine you know cooler right next oh really so Perfect. Well, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give uh, your team a call early next week, and we'll do a FaceTime. I appreciate okay, your time, and uh, appreciate the. I appreciate the program. Well, I actually, you'll kind of enjoy it. It's it's a lot of fun, and I'm well. I I love my job, frankly. You know, it's creative. It's three D. You know, ten years later, it's still around. Uh, you know, some of this stuff is going to outlive me. So, anyway, thanks for the call, Dan. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. There you go. I mean, and that is the reality. But for the rest of the listeners, uh, Sub-Zero is a built-in or cabinet depth refrigerator. So, you know, for those of you that uh, don't like that fridge sticking out five inches in front of the face of the cabinets, well, now that, you know, refrigerators used to be two, three hundred 600 800 you know then you get into the double door french fridge or the upper up and down and then now we've got you know samsung uh, lg with models that have four and five doors and drawers just on the front of one refrigerator then you get into the sub-zero built-in or cabinet depth thermidor has one uh most upper brands are now into that because um well they're just not there what happens is you take that big refrigerator that sticks out five inches and if you think of compressing it if you just lean your shoulder into the front of that refrigerator and you push in so the front of the refrigerator kind of lines up with the front of the cabinets it bulges out on top so it goes from being say six feet tall to seven feet tall so that's what happens with a sub-zero thermidor the built-in cabinet depth and then you put these whiz-bang you know cabinet panels on the front and you can't even tell it's a refrigerator if you don't want to Uh, so anyway that's the the bottom line 
is then in those upper price dollars, instead of spending two or three thousand on a on a refrigerator, you're spending nine or ten. What happens is you wind up with two full refrigerators where you have a full compressor, all the guts and inner workings for the freezer, and then the refrigerator has all the guts and inner workings of a refrigerator, and you can truly customize exactly what the temperatures are. And when you have a unit like that, a refrigeration device with that much control, uh, what we find and our designers discover is that fresh produce and fresh food lasts a much longer time. So why would you spend that much? Well, what's happening is the whole world is now going from canned goods, well, maybe not now in the pandemic thing, but going from canned goods, uh, pre-processed, food packaged into more fresh produce, uh, plant-based diets, organic, all that stuff. You hear all the words on TV, all those buzzwords. Um, But the point is, is it's making the refrigerators bigger and the cabinet space for all that prepared food smaller or at least less um, a space it might go around the corner in a pantry closet drawer whatever it is Uh, so anyway that's why you have these better refrigerators that are becoming more and more prevalent uh, because the kitchen is evolving as number one a social space but number two we're moving more into fresh foods and uh, keeping that produce longer let's see what's cooking with my friend here Uh, let's talk to Jim hey Jim good morning welcome to Cam White's my friend how can I help I've got a high-pitch whine in my plumbing system in the upstairs bedroom. It's uh, it's the only room that we hear that noise. Uh, is there a bathroom nearby? That is the bathroom. Okay. Well, it is probably your toilet. Um, uh, do you know uh, what a clarinet, a saxophone, an oboe, a reed instrument is? Oh, yes. Musically. What happens with that toilet valve, you know, the little float in your toilet, you lift up the the lid on the tank and you look in there and you've got this floater thing, either a cup sliding up and down on a post or that uh, float on an arm. When that spring gets kind of tired, um, Jim, what happens is it start or the water flutters around both sides of the washer or O-ring in there, you wind up with the sound of a clarinet because that reed on a clarinet or a reed instrument vibrates back and forth and the higher pitch comes from more pressure less flow Uh, anyway what you have is it's time to have your uh, toilet guts looked at or replaced i'm a big fan of oem original equipment man so if you have a kohler toilet um, it pays uh, to find out the you know the model number of that toilet and the year it was made. Uh, you can do that by lifting the lid. Sometimes it's stamped on the inside of that uh, uh, china lid or on the side of that tank. Uh, take a picture of that and see if you can get the same stuff on that. Uh, I used to do a lot of universal repla- repairs and they work. The problem is is you wind up with uh, toilets are getting to be more like. Um, electronics, a much more high performance, um, uh, highly engineered, and, you know, your basic thing at the hardware store is $15, the original equipment's 22 but it takes an extra hour to get the original equipment because they're not easily gotten, but, you know, it's kind of like you can't put a short Ford starter on a Chevrolet car because they're just not made the same way. Still the same between that, so my advice is <clears throat> get your toilet rebuilt or put it, but still, with the parts, use the OEM or original 
brand name to replace that piece? I'm not sure that's a problem because this wine is all the time with the, whether you use the toilet or not. When you turn on the faucet, it changes the, it changes the tone. Well, something's. I would still propose because what happens is if your float or your toilet ballcock and B-A-L-L-C-O-C-K, and that's the floating thing. If it never quite shuts off, one thing I would suggest to find that out, uh, Jim, is go up, and if you have one of those floats, push it down in the tank and lift it up and see if it stops, because what I suspect is happening, it could be in the faucet, it could be in the toilet, probably in the toilet, is that it never shuts off, and that water is literally flowing very slowly, imperceptibly, but it's still moving, or that sound wouldn't be coming from it also could come from a clothes washer or a dishwasher because they're uh, electronic um, magnetic solenoid valves that are on off valves as well just like your toilet and if those don't shut off you can get a high wine usually that's heard throughout the whole house and it just vibrates throughout all those pipes but if it's only up in that bathroom i would propose that it's either a fan that runs some sort of a vent fan could be up in the attic. We've had we've had uh, powered attic vent fans sound like that as well. So don't uh, you know don't miss the opportunity to step outside the bathroom and say, well, what other mechanical thing is up here? Um, sometimes we've heard toilet or, or uh, uh, fish tanks uh, whining like that because of the 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 pumps for the air. So we found all sorts of silly things. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, don't rule anything out is my real message, Jim. Uh, but I would still go at check your toilet first. Uh, but there's some sort of slow, persistent, imperceptible leak that is causing probably that, that round-the-clock sound. Right. Okay. Thank you. All right, sir. Good luck. Thank you. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, Easter weekend. We are in the time. Uh, my wife chuckles because she said, oh, man. All my life, I love Easter dresses. <sighs> she got a new pair of pajamas. Yeah, can't go to church. Can't really go out, go for a walk. So she got some Easter pajamas. They don't really look that pink. No frillies, no fluffs, no patent shoes. Golly, <laughs> how exciting. Oh, well, as I sit here in this room by myself, contemplate Easter tomorrow for me and the Mosby Hut. Uh, we are KMOX Home Improvement. Scott Mosby, I am at your service. I'll be right back. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Welcome back, Home Improvement. Uh, two hours today, phone lines 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Hanging around the house at all? Uh, yeah, go get that screwdriver. Uh-huh. How about a little bit of uh, you know, machine oil? Lubricate those squeaky hinges on those doors. Are you an early riser like I am? You get up and kind of turn that, open that, or close the door. You can fix that now. ha. <laughs> Talk to me. We can figure out how to get it done today. Uh, let's uh, visit with my friend Gene. Hey, Gene. Good morning. Welcome to KMWX. How can I help you, my friend? Hi, Scott. I uh, have problems with uh, violets, wild violets in the yard coming up every year. Yeah. And uh, and also chickweed. We've we've had trouble with, and we've mm-hmm. tried spraying it with uh, Weed Be Gone and. 
should we use that more than one time? Or I don't know. That hasn't seemed to work too well. Uh, you're going to have to stay on the wild violets. Uh, I'm a regular listener of Mike Miller, so I, I know this answer, and I know oh, your yeah, pain. Oh, yeah, Mike. That's, okay, that, I thought I thought that you were different than Mike. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's smarter and a lot more exciting. You know, I'm a boring-looking, middle-of-the-road guy. Mike's got some frizzy hair, short pants, and, you know, he's just a lot more fun. Yeah, well, I just wanted to be on the radio, I guess, maybe. Well, welcome aboard, my friend. Uh, Gene, you're going to have to stay on board that thing, frankly, because uh, the Violets are persistent. Uh, They come back. They're really hard to get uh, rid of. I know that. So you're going to have to continue to treat them. Uh, Be careful that the uh, product you use does not kill the grass. So it's for broadleafs only. Uh, uh, problems with the violets, um, and I would uh, I would ask that you make a trip to a uh, good garden center and turn that question to them because it's really the right product and the right process. But this time of year, um, it, once you kill off the violets, a new set of seeds germinates and they just grow up. So once you kill the ones that are alive, two weeks later you've got a whole new crop. So and it's not that you weren't successful; it's just that Mother Nature is more persistent than you are. I see. Okay, well, uh, I'll call Mike next time, but uh, you did good. Yeah, not bad, huh, for a hammer swinger, dude? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Thanks, Gene. Okay, thank you. All right, sir, take care. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Tis the season for gardens. Those of you out there, uh, even I know it's time to put that pre-emergent down because once that temperature, and this is interesting, I learned this from Mike Miller, once the temperature gets above 50 degrees, that's when the seeds start coming. So you need to get your pre-emergent down before the temperature warms up to 50 degrees. Kind of interesting. Well, likewise, for recoating driveways for refinishing your deck, uh, really uh, doing a broad um, based uh, paint project. It's the best time to do that is when the temperature likewise gets above 50 degrees. So once you're finished putting the pre-emergent down on your yard, now it's time to get back out and clean that driveway uh, and make sure that uh, it's, it's 50 degrees or warmer. Ideal is 70 degrees Fahrenheit. And think in terms of this, it's not the air temperature for those coating air. It's for the coating surface, the wood, the asphalt the concrete, uh, the stone, brick, whatever it is. So that's the good time. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Uh, let's see what's cooking with my buddy Rick. Hey, Rick, good morning. Welcome to Camel X. How can I help, sir? Yeah, first of all, the, the guy who called last time, there's a product called Roundup Weed Killer for your yard. It doesn't kill uh-huh. everything, but it kills the weed. It stuff's great. So that's, okay. that's for that guy, the prior guy. How many I times did you have to put it on, Rick? Uh, just once. It's, just once. It's an amazing product. They just, they just came out with it last year, and uh, I used it once. It really worked out well. So that's uh, okay. Just an FYI for that last guy. Thank you. I got a pro- I got an issue with a de- uh, deck. I have a fairly large deck, uh, about twenty five by thirty feet, and uh, it's about eighteen years old. And I use cedar. It is a low level deck. It's only a couple feet off the ground. Okay. And it got ants to it. So there are always moisture issues and things like that. I'm now looking at keeping the foundation of it, but putting a fake uh, wood on it, either a Trex, Fiberon, Aztec. And mm-hmm. I'm curious about your opinions on it. I'm kind of shopping around a little bit, and I keep getting conflicting answers with it. You know, some of the deck, uh, fake deck surfaces are coated three 
outside. Some are completely coated. I was wondering about your opinion on these. Okay, yeah, I've got a lot to say about that. Is your deck uh, uh, skeleton, is all the structure, is that treated lumber then? It is. It's uh, womanized. Excellent. Uh, Check your fasteners. The foundation's fine, yeah. Okay, check your fasteners, check your joist hangers, make sure all that's good before you put your new decking on there. So pretty much inspect what you expect. You've got a good structure. You know, a few uh, extra nail screws, fasteners, joist hangers here and there can put a whole, you know, 30-year life on that structure. Uh, I like the uh, artificial decking. Uh, Here's the problem, though. It is an emergent and emerging technology and it continues to change so just like electronics and the basis of this question rick is you know well who's got the best mousetrap at this time uh when you're down within a couple of feet of the ground and you're in a persistent moisture uh pattern then basically my advice to you is do what the boat dock guys do and it's basically a pure vinyl a pure uh, material there is no wood uh, product or uh, a reuse of any fibered material in that because if that stays moist sooner or later the moisture will get to it so you get to your tracks a lot of post-consumer waste in that um, but the you know the uh, plastic that goes so the more plastic you get in your decking the better you will be the next thing with that is that 16 inch on center of your deck joists. Uh, if you want to put your decking in at an angle, uh, that doesn't work. You need sh- then you have to go to 12 inch centers when you angle that because your plastic isn't structurally sound quite as much as the fibered materials. You know, like the wood fibers in the tracks and the fiber on. Uh, so uh, when you're that close to the ground, uh, basically no wood or uh, cellulose in it at all. Pure. Pure vinyl, pure plastic. Now, do you have a record? The vinyls I've seen look a little bit fake. Is there Absolute. one Absolute. I'm missing here? Or- nope. So nope, that it's just uh, pick your poison. Uh, you know, there's no uh, if if there was a perfect decking that looked like uh, real wood and didn't rot, there'd only be one product on the market after five years. But that's why there's so many different ones. Uh, but your uh, just to summarize it, you're going to have a highly plastic, less attractive, probably more shiny product that will survive that close to the soil life. Unless you go to, uh, you can get into a wood product. There are, uh, you know, there's Tiger Deck. Uh, there's an Epe that gets marketed as Diamond Deck or something like that. But it's basically a rainforest wood product that they slash and burned trying to develop and bring cattle in and it became a real bad thing happening well then somebody came in and realized like boy this is really good wood we can sell that to those crazy americans they love wood so now it's a a a responsibly harvested product but the stuff sinks in water it's too dense termites can't eat it because their jaws can't bite into it uh it doesn't rot the downside is you can't stain it you better love it it's like henry ford you can have any color car you want as long as it's black (laughs) 
you know, because there are stains that go on them, but they're basically paste wax, uh, liquid applied materials, but they lay on top of this highly dense area. So there are, yeah, there are natural wood products. Uh, you'll know it. Uh, carpenters hate it because they have to use all uh, carbide tip blades, have to pre-drill. You can't just run a screw or a nail through it because it won't take it. It's like steel. So you do have other choices. So just a, a cedar might cost a dollar a square foot, and I'm just pulling pr- representative numbers. And then you get into some of the artificial decks, and you'll be like 1.8, you know, it'd be a dollar eighty a square foot to $2. And then you get into your Tiger Deck, your um, uh, Paolo Lope is another brand for that Ipe IPE with a right. little schwa mm-hmm. on it, um, and and then you're up to like two, you're two and a half or two times uh, the price, and much of that is not just the material, it's just the labor. It takes bloody forever, and you can hear, uh, uh, I can as I drive through a neighborhood, I can hear the sound of the saw blades. I know what material they're working on. Now, I guess my last question on this is with the decking material, if I do like the, the look of the composite over the vinyl, uh, the three-sided or the four-sided on the covering, you know, they've got the coating on it. Is there, I assume I'd want the four-sided since I have more of a moisture situation. Well, is that When you get three sides, that, what it means is, uh, yeah, you need more plastic in it that because the sheet, when you get a three-sided or a four-sided, you want a product that's four-sided um, because when you do three-sided, it's, they're trying to dry it out on the bottom side. Your deck won't dry out on the bottom. You're too close to okay. the ground. You see what I mean? Okay. I so, got it. Yeah. yeah you've got your okay, hands full. Well, I, there's no easy consumer answer on this. There's risk involved in every choice you and I make. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time and trouble. Thanks. You bet, sir. Take care. Thanks, Rick. Home Improvement, CamoX, Scott Mosby here. Uh, we got an open phone line here, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Scott Mosby, I'll be back after this. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. A couple more minutes before we uh, take a pause for news, weather, and sports and start lunchtime here on University of KMOX. Uh, thank you to Alex Muskoff and Brian Kelly for being in the studio here uh, at the ready. They have our backs. If you think about it, we've got people all over the globe who are working on essential businesses. Somebody is keeping the water running to my house. Somebody is keeping the electricity on going to be a little busier as we go into thunderstorm season here as well how about the gas coming to my house what about the trash man yeah somebody stocks the grocery on those shelves god bless them people are going into work and making sure the rest of us can be at home safely Uh, those that are taking care of things to keep uh, toilets running operating repairs or in the midst of a construction project you have to kind of put that thing back together so I want to say thank you to all of the people all of the uh, services that will happen that have been happening and will tomorrow on Easter Sunday that come to me in my home so I want to say thank you to all of the people that are making the world operate as I shelter in place and stay home as much as possible Uh, so I I just want to really bring that forward as uh, you know what matters Uh, so think about the people and as we give thanks and share our gratitude remember an extra wave 
thank you to the trash man. Thank you to the lawn waste. Many of these services that are non-essential have been paused. Uh, so just be aware of what's working. Somebody is a person behind it and a system to make that all happen for you and me. It's a big deal. And, uh, um, you know, so the healthcare workers are going 24 seven, uh, realize that, uh, even in a normal life, their heroic efforts going on. And then you get to today's day where, you know, we've got, um, any kind of a healthcare worker, some perishing as uh, being exposed to this. But anyway, keep in mind that as we go into this very um, grateful um, and um, divine uh, time of year, that uh, regardless of your faith, that there's also faith involved in knowing and believing this will turn out as it has. Um, I mean, you get right down to it, even some of the cliches, this too will pass. We've been here before, all that stuff. So as we go into the season, especially, you know, for uh, Christians, uh, Easter is very special. Uh, Passover with the Jews, it, it's a big deal. Uh, so we are lucky. We still are blessed. And uh, I, none of us are getting off this rock alive anyway. So we all come and we all will go. Uh, but anyway, stay tuned to CamoX while you're here. And welcome back to Lunchtime Home Improvement. One more hour. We are live and lively. Top of the hour, middle of the day. We are in hour 13 of the 24-hour day here today on Saturday. Weather is upon us, and it is variable. Uh, perhaps you've got a little time before the rain comes. Maybe we've used that all up. If you're in this wide open listening area of about six or seven geographical states that are terrestrial uh, radio signal covers. Uh, again, I want to thank uh, Brian Kelly and my producer now, Cole Duggar, who has in, and uh, they come to the station every day. Somebody has to keep the lights on. Uh, think of the IT people in our world. Uh, you and I are working and using the Internet so uh, carefully now. Somebody's keeping that infrastructure running, not only in our country, but worldwide. Uh, then you get to all of the things that, uh, you know, I get up in the morning, I turn on lights, I'm warm. I've got fans. You know, just all the little things that I am grateful for. Uh, that's one of the things that I like to renew and start uh, my spirit with this time of year. Uh, perhaps you as well. Um, be grateful for all of the blessings that we have and the people that are bringing them to us. Uh, phone lines are wide open for you now here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Uh, with the rain coming, uh, I would offer that uh, Helitech may need to be on your speed dial. And Gutter Works, a uh, sponsor here of this show as well. Uh, and when you pull those gutters off, you find a couple of repairs there. Needs it. So, you know, Schleter painting and repair guttering as well. So uh, thank you to our sponsors for keeping our lights on 314-436-7900-800-925-1120-800-925-1120 my name is scott mosby i own and operate mosby building arts you know me a little bit better through my uh, saturday voice here on kmox uh, the voice of remodeling um, and frankly uh, many of my days and times throughout the year I'm kind of like the bird dog looking for uh, the exceptional, the unusual, and the interesting. So uh, I uh, travel the country typically on a professional basis 
basis going to training and learning seminars given by manufacturers, uh, publishers, uh, surveys about what is the coming uh, thing. For example, a zero entry front door. For example, we have, you know, on the Mosby website, callmosby.com, uh, one of the things uh, about designing a new front door and entryway, are you thinking of a porch? Well, okay, what about a porch? How old are the people that come to your door? Well, they're usually the same age we are. So if you're in your 30s, that's not an issue. Coming up the steps is a bit okay. But then what about the baby strollers that come along with those young... Oh, well, maybe something on wheels, a little more accessible. Perhaps uh, the parents come, the grandparents come. Uh, The contraptions that keep us all moving, three-point canes, walkers, uh, various wheelchairs, those sorts of things. Zero, yeah, roll right into the house or fleeing the house in a fire. What if, you know, literally you're running out in the middle of the dark, middle of the night. Uh, are you going to see all those steps outside? Um, because the lights probably aren't on an emergency situation. So that type of thing, when you look at a front door, what's the material? What's the look? Where does it face? Does the sun get to it? Does it get rain? Will you have a roof covering, a porch uh, roof cover over it somehow? It, then looking down, as I mentioned, a zero entry, and that means no steps. You just kind of slope that paved uh, pavement surface down to the driveway or the front sidewalk. And then you get into colors. Well, I want kind of a wood look or I want a painted door. I'm looking for art glass or I'm looking for something very avant-garde. Uh, you know, all those various things go into just a small project of a porch front door and front porch uh, surface as well. So those are the types of things that uh, bring me to what we do at Mosby Building Arts, my day job, as design builders for doing the work. Frankly, by the time it gets uh, the time to actually install, do the construction on the work, the stuff that you really see day to day, um, there's an enormous amount of time, investment, and decisions reconsidering, redeciding, reordering Uh, materials just to get things there on time and when that is not done that is when the remodeling industry gets all the uh, reputations of well you know did you have to order the material the day you started I mean well I thought it would be well okay well so Mosby Building Art we really built and uh, guided by plan the work work the plan plan the work work the plan not any different than sixth grade, seventh grade, or a high school test. Study the material, test the material. Plan the work, work the plan. So that's how we came to be uh, licensed architects, uh, full accessible designers, interior designers, full kitchen and bath certified designer. Everything it takes to figure out what the proper product is, or for our home consultants that go out into the home, uh, or now do it virtually, you know, Zoom, FaceTime, uh, go to meeting, all the various virtual ways we connect, um, and sometimes still on site because we're, you know, able to social distance according to frankly the health of the clients we seek and the clients we visit as well as you know it's easy for us to know what's safe because we know how we're feeling but again as we motorize and get around out in the community sometimes a virtual visit is better so anyway all of that's available on a blog uh, callmosby.com kind of a neat place you can get there and, and find it out right now we have uh, phone lines open for you 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 let's fire up the phones get started right now and talk with my friend Norm. Hey, Norm, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunch on KMOX. 
Good morning, or afternoon, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, considering a, a water heater or a, a replacing my water heater. Uh-huh. I'm wondering what your opinions are on the um, instant water heaters as opposed to traditional water heaters. And if I go towards an instant, what what do I look for? What are the the main things that they, that are going to break on that? Uh, really, when you get into the uh, instant or uh, instant hot point of use, POS, point of use, uh, uh, those water heaters typically are blast furnaces that are uh, high performance. They heat very hot quickly because the water's flowing through, you know, at 30 miles an hour as it goes from the street into your shower. Uh, so they're very hot units. Uh, gas is easier to raise that temperature than electric. So when you get into a point of use or instant hot uh, or on-demand water heater, as they're called, uh, it it still matters how far. So if you're um, if you go to an electronic on-demand water heater, it still by code needs a floor drain by it. So that limits uh, the best place to put your water heater is right on the other side of your shower valve. Well, that's usually not a place that has a drain pan and a floor drain in it. So you wind up with the on-demand water heater still being in the basement 50 feet away from that shower. You still have that slug of cold water that comes. Number one, what's in the pipe and not hot yet. And number two, as that uh, heater heats up, it takes an on-demand water heater a little longer to get from zero to you know 115 degrees hot temp coming through that pipe. So you do have that same delay. Uh, I love the on demand water heaters the the real ticket with those is they run only when you're using them uh, a traditional water heater runs all the time albeit just to maintain temperatures um, so you kind of get what you pay for um, but it is a higher tech a piece of equipment if you're going to sell the house anytime soon uh, it, there is consumer resistance because anything the normal consumer doesn't understand uh, they fear uh, you know whether it's a crack in the foundation whether it's an on-demand water heater whether it's a real high-tech furnace type heating plant uh, solar whatever those things so be aware that if you're there for about 10 years you can really pick whatever you want the life of of an electronic water heater is a little bit shorter than a tank believe it or not because it turns on and off and on and off a little more Um, they're about double to triple the cost Uh, They have to go in the same place as a traditional water heater. And the issue that is happening now is there's a hybrid, you know, a little bit of an on-demand, but it has a five-gallon tank with it. So when you wash your hands, you don't need to fire up and use that, you know, wait forever for the truck body water heater Mm -hmm. to fire up that water. So now they're having these little on-demand water heaters with small tanks alongside as part of it, and they're called hybrids. But uh, if you get into a traditional water heater, uh, get fast recovery because then you're kind of going with a traditional water heater, but going toward an on-demand, you know, how fast it'll make uh, hot water, those sorts of things. How's that? I guess that's that's a good start. Thank you. Yeah, Norman, and keep in mind, whatever you're comfortable with, you know, that's fine. Uh, There will be more service calls with the on-demand water heater uh, because it's a higher-tech piece of equipment. Um, And if you're going to sell the house, uh, then I would reconsider and get something a little more center of the line with less fear for the next buyer. Okay.
Thanks, Norm. Appreciate the call. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. Stay tuned. We've got phone lines open, 436-7900, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. We are at your service on the Helitech Home Improvement Show on CAMOX. All right. Well, we were off the air here uh, during the break. Uh, we had a phone caller call in and ask about heated driveways. Uh, we at Mosby have done quite a few of those um, uh, over the years. Quite a few meaning about one a year. Uh, they are expensive. It is having a matte heated surface built into the concrete. Uh, and it depends how big your driveway is and how much of it you want to heat. For example, it may be worthwhile to heat the front sidewalk not necessarily the driveway or if you want to heat the driveway there are two ways to do it number one is kind of like a, a, a tile floor in a bathroom where you literally put in an electric wired warm kind of a space heater only in flat form that goes underneath the tile well the same thing can go uh, underneath the concrete uh, the issue there is you need to have some insulation underneath it and a heat because the ground will absorb a lot of that and they're expensive to operate if you leave them on too long uh, so uh, when you wind up avoid and they need to go on to heat up the concrete before it starts snowing or icing uh, so that the concrete remains above temperature you don't have to warm them up to 60 degrees or 40 you just warm them up above you just keep it just above freezing to where the snow and the ice uh, melt and do not stick that's the ticket so what we've learned is it's very important to strategically heat what really matters uh, in driveways if you have those uh, there are two different ways one is the electric the other is actually a hot water system uh, where uh, we've used it's basically a, a boiler uh, like a swimming pool heater that runs and puts not necessarily a hot water but it puts a, uh, a liquid in the tubing and it's a poly tube that isn't subject to breaking and rusting and joints and all that sort of thing um, so it's like a solar hot water system underneath. And then you have, indeed, the solar part. You can, if you have abundant snow or abundant sun, you can actually use a solar system like that that collects and heats that water or liquid and circulates that under the concrete. But you have, you know, that's more common out in the desert in west, uh, even in some of the uh, uh, solar-assisted, even up in the mountains where snow is regular. So anyway, they are pricey they're expensive to operate uh, but think about it, if you know anything about heating a swimming pool and what it's like to bring the temperature in your swimming pool up in the months of April and May warm it up for the season or in October and November late in the season that's what it's like to operate a, uh, a hot driveway uh, they are automatically controlled because uh, some actually log in find out what the forecast is going to be for that areas zip code wise and you know it's even subdivided down into that so they know that you're probably going to get some of this and and it's down at 20 degrees fire up the the sidewalk or the driveway heater so we do occasionally those uh, B&W has a lot of experience doing those uh, uh, heated driveways but I will tell you that it's multi-trade uh, it gets into a lot of electric service or a lot of water service or gas service to you know like putting in a swimming pool heater uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 Scott Mosby here uh, Mosby Building Arts at your service KMOX live and lively let's see what's happening with my friend Guy hey Guy good afternoon welcome to Camwex, how can I help, sir? Hey, good afternoon. 
Uh, I have a question on our private water well. Um, we lived in the home for about four years. When we first moved in, the water uh, test required uh, chlorination, so they did that. And ever since that time, we've not had any issues. Um, we do have a water softener, but we don't. We've elected not to use the water softener, so this the water we get comes straight from the well into our pressure tank. Um, I recently retested our water, and it showed. Uh, this was through the Missouri Health Department, that it uh, needed to be uh, treated again. Mm -hmm. So we did the treatment according to the directions um, and also used a garden hose, which we had right there at our frost-free hydrant, mm -hmm. to wash the inside of the casing as they suggested. After we did that, uh, we noticed some of the normal uh, brownish water for a day or two but then we began to notice very tiny black specks showing up in our toilet tank and in our filters on our faucets. Uh, it's a metallic material because I can use a magnet and it will attract it. Wow. I have flushed my pressure tank approximately 20 times by turning the breaker on and off and then flushing the tank out. Mm -hmm. I'm still getting the same material. Um, my research... On the internet, it kind of suggests it's manganese or possibly iron, but it's yeah. it's pitch black. It's not doesn't have a rust or iron color to it. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a filter on our uh, before the water gets to the pressure tank. And I didn't know if that would be my next step or if you have other suggestions. No, you've you've walked you know walk a mile in my shoes. I've uh, I've uh, been down that road. You're heading toward a particulate filter. And uh, part of what happens, and this happens where, you know, a water well may be 10, 15 years old, great water for 10 or 50, all of a sudden sulfur, rotten egg smell. Uh, well, it's underground. Water moves subterranean, and you basically struck manganese. You struck iron. So um, it happens, and now it's getting into your well, uh, well casing. I don't think this is your well casing rusting or anything like that. It just the and over the years over 50 years of a water well you may have various changes uh, number one on chlorination and shocking that well uh, my recommendation is uh, you know because of how our water table is so intertwined with agriculture and the various chemicals uh, as well as you know uh, stockyards and such close by in farming uh, shock that well every three four years uh, I've lived with a water well and you know it's so low tech you take the well cap off and you dump a gallon or two of chlorine down and then you can't drink the water for a couple of days and you rinse it down run it through the hose uh, I would shock that well chlorinate that thing and then use your garden hose through your uh, frost-free faucet to rinse down the inside of that casing with a chlorine a highly chlorinated water where you're recirculating that down so you're actually uh, disinfecting you know the steel liner there as well but uh, the only way I know to get either lime which is sand looking things coming out of even potable water so even through city water this is all still the same answer you're going to have a whole house uh, large particulate uh, 
filter membrane uh, on the front end of your pump. Uh, it's it, And sometimes, uh, check with your well guy, because sometimes they want those pumps put behind the um, holding tank. Uh, the issue there being you can work the pump too hard, um, you know, even pushing it from the bottom of the well. But so the location of whether it's upline of the holding tank or downline, that's way above my badge level uh, mm-hmm. on this. But I do know I would routinely uh, shock it. Uh, you are uh, going to... Uh, somehow use that filter and since it is mag- manganese uh, I would ask some silly questions like well is there a magnetic uh, filter type product available I, I don't know the answer to that but I you know I, I've learned to you know asking stupid questions sometimes put me on the front end of the brilliant scale of oh they do have that you know <laughs> right so the ignorant not knowing place sometimes is a very powerful place to come at at a problem uh, I did notice uh, upon reading that, you know, you can get filters that will filter down to certain levels of microns. Yeah. And I don't know how far down, if I need to get the one that filters the most amount out, like down to point, I think it's 0.5 microns or 5 microns, or does it really make a difference? You're way beyond a manganese. Manganese are big chunks of sand, you know, in the world of microns. So mm-hmm. you're looking for a fairly coarse filter. And the way to go about this, if you go through kind of the process of elimination in my mind, Guy, is use a big particulate uh, whole house filter. Uh, you don't want to get down to the HEPA level like an air. You don't want to get down to the 5 micron part yet. You may. So I would uh, use your larger particulate membrane filter for the first filter if that's not enough i would put a second one behind it because if you really have a big problem with particulates you may wind up with a two-stage filter which may mean you know you put in one here and you put in one there so when you install your first whole house filter uh, pipe it so that you have room for a second and perhaps a third one you see what i mean and and, and then you can get to well maybe i want the five micron taking it down that goes to the kitchen faucet but it doesn't necessarily have to go to the rest of the house right okay okay well thank you very much sir yeah you're in the big leagues guy you're uh actually uh walk a mile in my shoes Uh, don't be afraid to ask stupid questions sometimes are the smartest questions of why not so (laughs) well i'm I'm pretty good at that asking stupid questions (laughs) okay thank you so much All right, guy, take care. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMWX, noodling through this together. Again, uh, not all of us have had this experience. I've had some of it. Uh, I can share that with you and guide you to others that know more. Uh, You know, like the water well drillers, they know typically in what parts of the county uh, that you might find manganese. And they like knowing it as well. Uh, If you have a water well in the state of Missouri or Illinois, uh, the Department of Natural Resources, uh, through various places they keep actual striations they keep the recording of all the sediment cores that come out of those water wells so they have a topography if you will of the underground geology from you know throughout the state so uh, I, I know uh, back in my world we called it Rolla School of Mines now it's uh, you know Missouri School of Science and Technology uh, they were charged with the state uh, library of all this geology anyway so there's a lot more knowledge out there than you and I might know and the water well guys uh, you know dig right into it literally and figuratively they know where to 
check with these guys. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service on the really wonderful weekend in the spring. Little rainfall coming. Uh, warmer temperatures, spring around the corner, Easter tomorrow, Passover right now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, Cam Wicks, right back. Hey, the shape of things to come, Scott Mosby here, Cam Wicks, uh, midday at uh, the uh, center of the country and the middle of the, uh, well, hopefully the end of winter, the beginning of spring. Uh, the shape of Internet, all the things that you and I have discovered remotely working from home, uh, sheltering in place, all those things. Uh, think about kitchens, appliances, and the Internet of things. So now we've got uh, Google Assistant, we've got Amazon Alexa, we've got all those things happening. And I, I've spoken to you about this over the last five or six years of, you know, buying something in the grocery store, frozen pizza, uh, scan it into your refrigerator. When you put it in, it keeps track of what's inside the refrigerator. When you pull it out to cook it, you scan it once again with the oven the oven knows how big it is what temperature to set how long to cook it it automatically goes in you slide it onto the pizza tray in the oven it goes and you hit start off we run think about that we're there not only there but uh you know the appliances now are all wi-fi enabled interactive and where this is going is it's interacting with the supply chain up front which you've learned more about how to get you know 375 rolls of toilet paper into one shopping basket and automobile transported at home and then uh, you know in your will as you uh, you know pass on you you're leaving 7338 rolls to your grandchildren uh anyway a little tongue in cheek there i just i just can't you know i get a kick out of tp being you know the new um uh, currency uh so but appliances are there uh you think about watches our watches now tune in the electronic watches they tune in they connect and they find out they set uh the international time uh, and date out of new york from the beacon set internationally as well by the u.s so appliances are becoming very interconnected just be aware of how that works and then for mosby building arts how that affects us is how we discuss what your kitchen would look like how you would live whether this is something you're interested or totally afraid of all of that is part of the conversation of you know how do we get your dishes washed dishwasher left or right do you want it wi-fi enabled do you want to be able to reset it and turn it on from when you're at work or away all those things um, as well as now you and i likely many of us operating our thermostats from somewhere else opening the garage door uh and the lights come on in the house because now it's all wired together on that wi-fi internet of things enough of that let's see what's cooking with my friend barbara hey barb good morning or good afternoon how can i help you on KMOX? Uh, good morning, afternoon. I have a question about an electric power washer. I do not own one, and I'm confused on what type, uh, what to purchase. Uh, basically, what I want is something to get the discoloration off my driveway, pavers, clean my patio furniture. But um, I'm not sure what PSI, I imagine it's you know pressure per square inch, and then also GPM and okay. what I need for just household use. Uh, two levels of that. When you get to the driveway, uh, you're actually launching into the commercial end because it takes a whole lot of PSI and a whole lot of GPM and a whole lot of money to do that. 
So uh, the higher those numbers go, the more it is. But for washing a deck, for cleaning patio equipment, for washing the sidewalk, uh, washing off the siding and all, uh, you know, uh, PSI is pounds per square inch. The higher number is more pressure. So when you put your little, uh, uh, you drive your car and you have somebody put uh, air in the tire or you put that gauge or the inflator on, that is measured in pounds per square inch or how much pressure when you Put it inside the basketball or tire or this pressure washer, uh, how much pressure is trying to get out after you compress it. Uh, so that's the PSI. Higher is bigger. Um, it is not always better. Uh, there are, uh, once you get above about 1,800 PSI or pounds per square inch, um, you're getting to where you can inject that liquid under the skin of your body. So if you blow that thing and it's shooting at your hand, you get up around two, 3,000 um, PSI, you can do some damage not only to the driveway, the deck, but your flesh. So uh, more is not always better. Uh, I would suggest for a homeowner, somewhere up to about 1,800 PSI, 2,000, that's plenty. Uh, and then when you think about that, the reason you want more GPM gallons per minute, think of it as the hose is three feet in diameter. That'll give you, you know, 400 gallons per second. But if the hose is three quarters of an inch, then that same pressure and work that gets done, albeit on a much smaller area, it's the same. So if you're trying to clean a four foot wide swath of your house at one time and apply good pressure to it, you need a boatload of gallons going out there but if you're just going to do a four or eight inch fan on the end of a pressure washer uh you know barb then you don't need a whole lot of gpm or psi you're basically souping up your garden hose to take your garden hose put a little more pressure into it um you know so think of it as kind of a pressure cooker you're just upping the power and cutting the work that you and I have to do by hand scrubbing. How am I doing? You're doing well. Uh, because I'm looking, I'm, I wasn't going to go out to purchase it. That's why I wasn't going to be asking anyone at a, you know, like a, um, like Lowe's or something like this. So I called you, and mm-hmm. I've always gotten very good advice from you. But well, you. what you're saying is I will need to have a certain kind of hose, like a, a, a wider hose to be able to, get more gallons through the system, through the washer? Well, I'm trying to explain what the GPM does for you, gallons per minute. So if I'm a professional or I'm doing a driveway and, you know, a driveway, basically, if you do it with a wand and you go back and forth, you wind up with this striated, stringy looking effect. So the proper way to clean a driveway actually has a swirling, almost like a floor buffer looking disc. It's about two feet in diameter and we have a ton of water that goes through that and a ton of pressure because it basically brings a car wash your drive-through car wash to this disc two feet around and it lets it all have it hard fast and powerful and that's what cleans concrete is this disc whirling 
um, semi-scrubbing looking thing. So I would propose cleaning your driveway leave to the pros because that's a much bigger, uh, unless you have a very small driveway. But once you start cleaning with this thing, you'll see what those wand strokes do. Uh, So it's kind of like a paintbrush. You better be good with the paintbrush because, you know, your pattern of how you move that brush back and forth painting will show. Likewise, with a pressure washer, uh, if you're doing that back and forth on concrete, and I promise everybody's concrete is browner than they think. Um, because we get complaints when we paint a house at Mosby and we get too close to the concrete and we clean the four inches around maybe a wall that we're pressure washing. People say, well, you painted my concrete. And we go back and it's like, no, we cleaned your concrete. That's how dirty the roll. (laughs) So, you know, you know, it's just like, but it looks, I mean, it look, you painted my concrete. It's like, by golly, it looks exactly like that. But no, we actually cleaned it. So you be aware of all that stuff, Barb. Okay. All right. And uh, the ones I'm looking at, they're usually somewhere between 1.5 and 1.85 gallons per minute. So that would be a good range for a home, just something to clean yeah. outside furniture, things like that. Okay. Yeah. And what that's saying is you'll have a four or eight inch fan working tool on the end of that hose. And that once the water comes through your garden hose, it'll go into the pressure washer and then it comes out so much higher pressure. You'll have a very rigid specialized hose. That's part of that pressure washer. Um, okay. Because it's much higher, but that GPM, the, the more, the wider your fan is, if you can have a three foot wide fan and you're paying somebody, you know, 25, $35 an hour to, to do this, then you better, you know, a higher professional GPM, more pressurized water cleaner, you know, pressure washer is a good investment in saving labor. Okay. All right. So, You've been so very helpful. Okay. Take care, Barb. Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Home Improvement, Easter Passover weekend right here on KMOX. Scott Mosby at your service. I'll be right back. All right, folks, Scott Mosby back together here at X. You know, local news matters, whether it's cardinal coverage, the election, or breaking news. Turn to KMOX News or KMOX.com for all, all the information you need for the latest on the coronavirus hits. KMOX.com slash coronavirus. We are live and lively here. Home improvement. Scott Mosby wrapping up the last few minutes here on University of KMOX. Let's go to my friend and see what's cooking here and talk with uh, Craig. Hey, Craig, uh, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Uh, Yeah, I have uh, French doors that go out onto a deck, and the roof above the French doors are kind of like a hexagonal shape. And there's a gap underneath between the roof and uh, the gutters. It doesn't appear like the water's getting up underneath there, but I was wondering if I should fill that in with some foaming or something like that. Uh, Typically, I like it more from a drip edge, Craig. I like that you're aware of this. Uh, It typically gets to be when when you get any kind of a water or very slow rain or drip, and especially ice, ice can uh, thaw so slowly that the surface adhesion, in other words, the water of that will crawl uphill underneath the roofing and that gap then becomes it winds up dripping behind the gutter sometimes so you can soak down the gutter board the framing and the wood structure behind the gutter so there's a flashing I like to tuck back underneath Uh, we typically use a metal piece and break it up b-r-a-k-e like bend it so that there's an angle that tucks up underneath that roof felt and then down over the top and into the gutter so that any ice snow or slow moving water 
water would not crawl up and soak the wood. So yes, but uh, foam or caulk, if you're up to uh, uh, half an inch, you can use that material. Anything really above three-eighths of an inch, I would try to do with metal. Okay. How's that? Thank you. Yeah, good question, Craig. Thanks for the call. Next up, let's see what's happening with my friend Bill. Hey, Bill, Scott Mosby here, KMOX. How can I help, sir? Hey, Bill, good afternoon. The issue is is that the kitchen sink takes about a minute, minute and a quarter to have the hot water become hot or the water to become hot. I don't have any other issues in any of the other bathrooms uh, in the house. There's a laundry room adjacent to the kitchen. Hot water gets to that very nicely. But as I said, you turn on the water, it takes a good minute or so for it to get hot. Water heaters on the opposite side of the house, relatively new. And again, no other issues any place in the house. Uh, pressure balance single handle faucet. Uh, if you have it all on cold, it'll all cold, you know, you'll draw all the cold. If you have it on kind of lukewarm, uh, you're not going to get a lot of hot water. So, uh, frankly, um, I, I'm proposing it could be the mixing valve on, everything's working fine on your kitchen faucet. Uh, there are two things you can do. There's an instant hot or a pump that actually can recirculate that uh, or basically have a plumber come in and put a circle line in it. But either way, it's a big deal, Bill. Um, I I think you're kind of stuck with it for the most part. <laughs> yeah, we had the kitchen remodeled two years ago. The problem was... Bill, I'm sorry, I got to go. Ran out of time. Thanks. Uh, call next week, please. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX.